It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome back to Locked on Saints. Ross Jackson here, your host covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, like nobody else does it every single Monday through Friday. And it should be absolutely no surprise what it is that we're here to discuss today. Breeze is back in the black and gold for 2020, so we'll talk about his return. And of course, we're going to talk about what it means for Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, and answering some of your questions along the way from Twitter and Facebook, including thoughts on drafting a rookie quarterback this year year and how those are affected with Breeze's return. Then we'll close out the show with our Twitter Tuesday segment. What is it that you would give up to bring Darius Slay to New Orleans to pair up with Marshawn Lattimore? We'll talk through all of that very fun episode today. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. 24 days into the self-imposed one-month deadline for Drew Brees to announce his decision about whether or not he was returning to New Orleans or retiring, and we finally get the answer. Drew Brees is back in New Orleans for the 2020 season, his 20th season as well in the NFL. That's our New Orleans Saints lead story of the day today with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. Now, clearly you can tell that I'm excited about this decision. This is basically what we expected, right? That Drew Brees wouldn't go out after, you know, a third third straight playoff exit, especially with how well he played in December, again, giving one of the best months of football we've seen in a very long time and certainly one of the best in his career. He also had just had that game against Indianapolis where he broke the single game completions percentage and then he's still in the run right now for the all-time touchdowns along with Tom Brady and it just makes so much sense to see Drew Brees come back for this next season, which I'm pretty confident at this point will be his final season in the NFL. It's going to be a very interesting thing to watch how his contract is structured and see what type of contract he agrees to. Does he continue to go by a year-by-year basis in an attempt to be team-friendly, in an attempt to not take up cap over the course of multiple seasons? What do the Saints do for this year, knowing that they're already on the books for him $21 million with all of the, the money that they kicked down the road, and how do they then structure? a contract on top of that with the CBA expiring. I was talking to Mike from spotrack.com who I'm going to try to get here on the show to kind of help us understand Drew Brees' contract a little bit better or the possibilities of what it can be. But it has to be 30% compliant in terms of what the CBA is, but the CBA isn't, isn't drawn up yet. And with it being expiring in 2021 and then entering a new CBA in 2021, how does that affect things like options, voidable years, so on and so forth? Because all that money is essentially if a, if a contract voids between 2020 and 2021, 
2021, which is kind of what everyone is expecting or kind of thought that this contract structure would be to where it's one year and then an option or an out for Drew Brees at that point, then that ends up kicking back to the 2020 salary cap, which would penalize them. And so it's a big, big, big thing in terms of how this contract is going to be structured. But we'll continue to have that conversation across that bridge when we get there. The number one thing here, though, is that Drew Brees is back in the black and gold. And this, I believe, gives the Saints the best chance to win in 2020. You've still got Drew Brees. You've still got Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Jared Cook, the new wide receiver that they bring in this year, whether it be somebody through free agency or somebody through the draft. Either way, somebody with some playmaking ability to add to this. A solid front line to where you're returning at least four of your five starters going into the 2020 season. And then, of course, you've got Latavius Murray in the back as well. And then, of course, Taysom Hill, who we'll have more conversation about in the next segment. But this truly, honestly puts the Saints, in my belief, in the best position to win next year, especially in this division. The Saints now have the opportunity to step into 2020, knowing exactly who their sort of cornerstone is on their team, who the leader is on their team, without having to teach anything new, train anything new, or re-philosophize the offense in any type of way. This is a really, really great thing for New Orleans, and especially to know it this early in advance. I kind of spoke on this before, but we should take a moment to to really sort of commend Drew Brees for the fact that he was willing to put a self-imposed deadline on himself and in, in making this decision that's before the combine, that's before the draft, that's before free agency. So the Saints know exactly what their situation is now going into free agency, what types of things they need to work out with Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, other quarterbacks, but also what kind of money are they going to have entering into free agency. Now, the next big step is, of course, going to be Drew Brees' contract. Does Drew Brees sign his contract before the official free agency period opens so that he essentially just extends or do they enter free agency and then negotiate a contract there? I kind of hope that he goes into this already having extended before the free agency period opens or at least that a contract is in place before that time so that the Saints know exactly what kind of money they have in terms of how much they're investing in Drew Brees and how much they're going to have available to continue to put weapons around him and continue to build this team for another potential playoff, potential Super Bowl run in 2020. I'm very excited about this, as is the rest of the Houdat Nation, but some questions still circulating as we mentioned the contracts, what it's going to be, what's the length, what's the money, what's all that going to look like, and what does that leave the team available to build in 2020? And the next thing, is it going to be Teddy Bridgewater as his backup? Taysom Hill as his backup? Will there be a free agent? Will they draft? All of those discussions are exactly what we're going to talk about here next on Locked on Saints, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you've been a listener of this podcast, and I'm sure that you have heard all of the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans, but did you know that Locked On Saints is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Saints fans just like you, especially right now with the Combine and the NFL Draft right around the corner. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On is going to give your local company the ability to reach local podcast listeners, and not just any podcast listener, but a Locked On podcast listener. So if your company is looking to connect with Saints fans, 
fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income to spend, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses, so text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are, then we'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, Huda Nation. So one of the biggest off-season questions has already been answered. Will Drew Brees be a saint in 2020? That answer is yes, but of course, what does that mean for the remaining approach to free agency? And let's start in particular with what it means for the other quarterbacks that are, well, it's really hard to say that they're on the roster, but the other Saints free agent quarterbacks, let's say it that way, as both Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill have expiring contracts this offseason. We're now one month exactly away from free agency. How are the Saints going to approach the backup situation behind Drew Brees? What's it going to mean for Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, and where might they look otherwise? So let's start off with Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill. Uh, With Drew Brees returning, I think that this means, and rightfully so, that Teddy Bridgewater will not be a New Orleans Saint next year. Now, y'all know how much I love Teddy, how much I will pound the table for Teddy and how crazy I go about him. But the reality is that he's shown that he deserves in a 5-0 and uh, streak this this season uh, when he started in place of uh, in place of Drew Brees when he had the UCL injury. The only loss that he took was the game that he had to come in off of at, during the injury, during the, uh, the, the Rams game, right? So the other five games that he actually started, game plans were made for him, all that. He won those games. Oh, he had some special teams help. He had some defense help, things like that. Don't get me wrong. But you look at a couple of other games, the Bears game, he had the run game, the Seattle game he had the special teams and defense help but other than that the Bucks game he looked great so there's a lot to be seen with Teddy Bridgewater in the fact and there's a lot to be shown when it comes to Teddy Bridgewater that he's not going to lose you games he's not somebody that turns the ball over he's not you know he's not reckless with the football or anything like that he protects the football sometimes to his own demise taking sacks and things like that but he has shown that he is a better starting quarterback than some of the other starting quarterbacks in the NFL and there was a rumor that came out and this was probably leaked by his own agent who might have already known because I think this actually popped off yesterday so they might have already known that Drew Brees was going to be making this announcement today there were some whispers of that he had just come back from Hawaii he was back on the mainland yesterday according to Amy Judd and so it makes sense that today would be the day that he would do it. But then I, I imagine this was leaked by his agent saying that there's a market out there for Teddy Bridgewater and that he may get offered up to $30 million a year, which I, I don't really see that happening. But it'll be interesting to see if he gets up to that $20 million, $18, $19 million, unless some team is really, really in love with him and really willing to spend that chunk of change on him. Let's say the Indianapolis Colts, for instance, who have salary cap space open for days right now totally possible. But I do think that Teddy Bridgewater ends up on another team. My front runners for him are going to be the Indianapolis Colts and the Los Angeles Chargers, both of them. Jacoby Brissett not really cutting it for the Colts. Andrew Luck, of course, left and retired early last season. And then the Chargers just lost Phillip Rivers, or not really lost. They came to a mutual decision that they were no longer going to be working together. So Phillip Rivers is now a free agent. So 
very likely to me that it's one of those two teams, but also the Bears show a lot of interest as well. You can listen to me over at the Locked on Bears podcast today talking about you know the three quarterbacks from the Saints and how they and whether or not they could be options with the Bears. And as we talked about in that, no way Drew Brees was going to be leaving New Orleans, but Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill could potentially be players that the Bears would be interested in. And Taysom Hill, of course, is a very interesting uh, uh, just sort of anomaly himself because of what he brings to the table. And he's a restricted free agent, which actually means he doesn't have a choice. And that's why I kind of laughed when all of that information was coming out from the Florio interview about how, you know, Teddy Taysom Hill says that if the Saints don't see him as a franchise quarterback, he'll go elsewhere. And it's like, yeah, no duh, dude. Of course he is. Like down the road, of course that's the case. But this year, he doesn't have a choice. He's a restricted free agent. The most that he can do is that if he gets an offer sheet from a team that he really likes is go to Loomis and Peyton and say, hey, you know, I'm asking for your good graces to actually not match this offer so that I could go and play for another team. But it's not really up to him, you know, because Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis could say, that's real nice, dude. Thanks so much for coming to see us. But you're a saint next year. We're matching that offer sheet. You're here because that's the way that 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 tender works. He's an RFA. So they're going to place a first or a second round tender on him, meaning that if if another team submits an offer sheet, they have right of first refusal, the opportunity to match if they choose to match then Taysom Hill's a saint. If they choose if they choose not to match, then they get a first or second round pick from that team, depending upon which tender they end up putting on him. It's either going to be first or second round. I don't think they're just going to do a right of first refusal. If they're going to lose Taysom Hill to another team, they're going to get something back in return. And Sean Payton apparently is very confident in the fact that some team will make an offer to him, even on a first round tender. So if you can get a first round tender with Taysom Hill, then that gives you something to, something to chew on, depending upon what the offer is for Taysom and how much money you have to pay to match the offer. But I believe that Teddy Bridgewater will be on another team next year. Taysom Hill will be a saint next year and will operate a little bit more as the immediate backup to uh, Drew Brees. I think he'll still have his offensive uh, sort of joker position available to him, playing a little bit of tight end, playing a little running back, playing a little receiver. But maybe you don't see him as much on special teams this year because they're trying to keep him healthy. Uh, and most, you know, you're going to, you run a larger risk of injury on special teams plays than you do, you know, because you're running full speed and running right into people or people are running right into you full speed, things like that, than you do over on that offensive side. So give Taysom Hill a little bit of an abbreviated sort of slasher role, take away special teams from him, let him be a more immediate backup to Drew Brees than uh, he has been, and let him still have sort of the offensive role in some packages. Now, that would, of course, mean that the Saints would probably look for a third quarterback to be on the roster. And honestly, if you're just going to grab a vet from out out of free agency, my choice is Chase Daniel. Not because I think Chase Daniel is going to step in and go 5-0 if Drew Brees tears another UCL, but because Chase Daniel's been here before, he knows the language of the offense. He can be that veteran guy on the sideline that Drew Brees goes and talks to while the defense is on the field. That's what has always been the role of the backup quarterback, the immediate backup quarterback in New Orleans. You look at Mark Brunel, you look at uh, Chase Daniel, you look at Luke McCown. That was their job. Their jobs. Luke McCown did a whole Verizon commercial about being the backup. I don't know if you remember that or not, but they were advertising their backup towers and everything and about how it's great that we have them, but we never use them. That was Luke McCown's reputation in New Orleans, so much so that he branded it and did a a T-Mobile or a Verizon commercial. I can't remember which one about it. That was his role. He sat on the sideline, and when Drew Brees wasn't on the field, they looked at film together and they diagnosed things together so that Drew Brees knew what to look for when he went back out on the field. That is the role of the backup quarterback in New Orleans. Taysom Hill does not have that experience just yet, but maybe this is the time that you start to build that in him so that if 
Drew Brees inexplicably comes back for another year after this year and plays into his 42 year of age, then perhaps Taysom Hill gets to be that guy. But if you're going to go to free agency, you want to bring in a vet, then that's the way to do it. I think you bring back uh, Chase Daniel in particular, who knows the system, knows the language, and can has already served that role once before and can be that guy again. But Taysom Hill being the guy that if something happens to Drew Brees, he becomes the one to go in and become the starting quarterback in his place. Now, final question, and I think that this is one that a lot of people ask on Twitter and on Facebook as well. Does this open up the Saints the opportunity of drafting a quarterback, or does it change their position in drafting a quarterback? I don't think that it opens up the opportunity of drafting a quarterback. I think that Drew Brees returning, Drew Brees not returning, kind of irrelevant to whether or not the Saints drafted a quarterback or not, or at least were looking at quarterbacks in the draft. Let me say it that way. I think that it's all going to come down to how the board shakes out. But here's what I will say. Drew Brees coming back means that I don't see the Saints trading up to grab a quarterback, if that makes sense. Let's say that Taysom Hill ends up getting signed away and the Saints get a first round pick because the team that signed him away was, you know, took him from a first round tender. Then yeah, maybe you end up trading up for a quarterback because you've got two first round picks and you can get a viable, very good quarterback that you know that you can rely on. Uh, but, you know, if it comes down to taking a guy like Jordan Love at the bottom of the first round, if he's there at 24, sure. If he's there at 20, sure. But I don't know that the Saints really try to jump and make a leap up into the mid teens to grab a quarterback like I could see them doing if Drew Brees were to have retired. Now, the other option for them are guys that are later on in the draft, in the third round. Is somebody like Jalen Hurts still on the board? I would love that if they were to select Jalen Hurts at 88. I don't know if they'll wait around and truly be at 88 at any point. I don't expect that Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton are really going to stand pat through the second round and the top of the third round and wait until the end of the third round to get their pick on. But you know, if they were to do that and Jalen Hurts was still there or they happen to find some reason to like a guy like Jacob Eason or Jake Fromm, then yes, maybe, although I'd be a little bit more disappointed with those selections than Jalen Hurts, uh, then you can see them maybe taking a guy later on in the draft. But I certainly think that this eliminates the idea of them trading up for a Justin Herbert, for instance, even if he were to drop later into the top 10 for any reason or anything like that. That That's kind of my big thing, although I could entirely be wrong <laughs> about that. But I think that it all kind of comes down now to how the board falls as opposed to making a move out of necessity to grab a young quarterback, if that makes sense. Now, the big question still remains, what does Drew Brees' contract look like? You know, uh, uh, Mike from SpotRack thinks it could be up to a three-year deal, for instance, that, you know, is around 90 to $100 million in terms of total money and things like that. I don't know that he signs a multi-year deal like that uh, unless it's a two-year deal with an option. Remember, the option can't be after the first year because of the CBA expiring, but do they just sign him to a one-year deal and Drew Brees continues to do what he has done in terms of grabbing you know, these year-by-year deals and then evaluating after each season? That would be the most team-friendly way to go, I think, but what does the amount of money look like? Uh, that was another thing that Mike from SpotRec looked at last year when he took the $25 million uh, deal. It was 30% of the league salary cap, so with it bumping up this season, it could be around $28 million. That would be taking a pay cut, honestly. Uh, not taking a pay cut. That would be taking a friendly deal, honestly, for the Saints because he could make up to 30 
31, 32 million dollars. Uh, Spotrac actually has his value set at 36 and a half million dollars per season in terms of his market value, which is different than, you know, what he's going to do, uh, because that's the maximum that he could be paid or what his value might be versus what he's willing to take. So that's what I'm looking at in terms of his contract. Another one year deal in the high twenties, uh, potentially a three year deal with the option at the end of the second year with the first two years mainly guaranteed could be any number of those options. Uh, but it'll be really interesting to see what Mickey Loomis, Sean Payton, and in this case, Drew Brees cook up for 2020. So of course, we'll continue to track this, continue to talk about it here on Locked on Saints. You're going to get your fill of quarterback talk and all of the situations that revolve around Drew Brees returning to the Saints and to the black and gold for at least 2020. But next, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. We did our Twitter Tuesday question. What would you give to bring Darius Slay to New Orleans? That's what we got coming up for you next right here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Hooded Nation, we are back to wrap up today's show. We're looking at some of the possible scenarios that you posed about trading for Darius Slay. Before I get there, just a reminder, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop a little review as well so that, you know, we can continue to bring you the best content as we move forward. And at the same time, also don't forget to go to neworleans.football as well and show Nick Underhill, who has returned to the New Orleans sports scene, some love uh, as well. So some of your questions I might not have really gotten to in the last segment because that was a long segment, but there's still so much to talk about when it comes to Drew Brees, Taysom Hill, the Teddy Bridgewater, but there'll be more conversation about that on throughout the week, as well as uh, Facebook Friday to where I can address some of the other questions as well. I will roll over some of those. Uh, if, if I don't feel like I adequately answer them. So if you didn't really get them answered, don't worry. We'll continue to talk about it all throughout the week. But I think I hit most of the bigger questions uh, just sort of in uh, in in the the analysis and the way that we were looking at the move. So now let's jump into this Darius Slay conversation. We know Darius Slay was on Twitter the other day cracking up about being told, you know, or, or being mentioned in the same sentence as $14 million a year. He was like, not enough, gotta go higher. And if y'all, you know, and if the Lions wouldn't go higher, basically saying I would leave. And then of course, Cam Jordan uh, and Marshawn Lattimore, who were already messing with him earlier on in the week about coming to New Orleans, hop back onto that wagon about, look, time for you to come to New Orleans. And now we learned, of course, that the Lions are actually shopping Darius Slay and that there are several teams interested. And it seems from a Broncos reporter that uh, reported the idea because the Broncos are heavily tied to being interested with Darius Slay. And at least it makes the most sense. So it's more speculation than anything else, but still tied in terms of their speculation that the Lions are reportedly looking for a second or a third round pick. So it kind of contradicts the idea of what, uh, what Adam Schefter had mentioned that the Lions would be looking for basically, you know, very, they're looking for heavy compensation, essentially, for Darius Slay, a second and a third round pick, ain't really that heavy, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm thinking that they're, you know, they're looking for like a first and some other like day two pick or something like that when I see heavy compensation, but a second or a third round pick really like is not enough to deter a team from 
making a pretty sizable offer to get that guy into their club. So I wanted to talk to y'all about, you know, do you, what would you give up essentially to bring Darius Slay to New Orleans? Let's talk about the most popular answer first, which was the 2023rd round pick. So right now that's 88th overall, and then a 2021 second. This feels very much like a Saints trade, doesn't it? A third round pick and the next year's second. Those are picks that the Saints have always kind of been, okay, particularly second round picks. The Saints just do not seem to care about trading away their second round pick because they feel like they can always recoup it. This is kind of what we talked about uh, before the draft last year. The Saints actually ended up doing exactly that in the 2019 draft where they traded into the second round to grab Eric McCoy. What a fantastic move that turned out to be as we kind of expected. Uh, so trading a future second does not seem like something that the Saints wouldn't do. So that's the most popular selection, but there were some player names that got involved as well. Somebody also mentioned that they would be willing to trade the 24th overall pick and a late round pick to bring him in. I can't really be mad at that, right? Because if you're, and the reason why I say that, I know a lot of you are probably groaning, but the reason why I say that is because, you know, when you use a first round pick, you're still not getting a sure thing. Yeah, let me not, let me, let me remind you, but let's not go, you know, let's not dig into the depths of sadness here, but let me remind you about Stefan Anthony, <laughs> right? Like you're not always going to hit with a first round pick. I mean, he's back on the team and that's fantastic and that's great, but he's been a special teamer, right? He's been a sixth round pick. He's been a fifth round pick. So if you can trade a first rounder to bring in somebody that is established that you know is going to slide in opposite Marshawn Lattimore, and that's that's a hell of a pick. That's a hell of a thing to do. And I think it I wouldn't be completely upset with it, but because of what the Saints have available to them, no second round pick, you know, only the third round pick, then that's what sort of deters me from that being a reality for the Saints this season. If we had all, you know, if they had all seven picks, if they had a pick every round, then certainly that's fine. But in the situation that they're in right now with not having another pick until 88 at the moment, not the best look for me, but I completely understand why that might be uh, a move that some people would be 100% willing to make. Now, there are some other let's say pieces that got wound into all of this as well. People talking players, lots of player names such as uh, Marcus Williams. Some people were talking about re-signing and sending away Eli Apple. Uh, PJ Williams was kind of in that same conversation as well. Resign him, send him to Detroit so that they get a player that can play corner, but that can also play uh, safety. Not that they need that, but you know, something that just makes him a little bit more attractive. People were also talking about re-signing and sending Andrus Pete over there, but I really think that the most popular player for player trade or player and pick combination was sending Marcus Williams to Detroit. Now, I know y'all just looking for an excuse to trade away Marcus Williams. I'll just play him. But, you know, look, I, I think that if you're going to take away a secondary player, send a secondary player and a pick, I understand why that might be attractive. I understand how you could think that that would work uh, in terms of getting uh, Darius Slay to New Orleans. Now, the biggest question, oh, and there was also somebody that mentioned trading Marshall Lattimore for Darius Slay straight up. And it's like, you're missing the boat, homie. Like, you're missing the boat entirely. Like, the point is to try to get Darius Slay and Marshawn Lattimore on the same team, not to swap them. You don't want to swap them. You want to get them both on the same team. The other thing you have to think about in that instance, too, and I'm not, like, dogging this. I'm just saying I'm making, I'm, I'm, I'm making light of it. But, you know, the fact of the matter is that you, you want to get both of those guys on the same team. And you don't want to trade Marshawn Lattimore for Darius Slay because Darius Slay is about to turn 30. Marshawn Lattimore is still in his, he's still young. He's still in his early 20s. And so really you'd then be downgrading in a way just because of the length of availability that you have with those two players. And we know Marshawn Lattimore is 
outstanding. And so is Darius Slay. So getting them both as lockdown corners for New Orleans would be the biggest thing. Now, how realistic is this trade really? I, I, I don't look at it as being very realistic. And that's why I was kind of pleased when I saw a lot of people coming through and saying, hey, just re-sign Jackrabbit. Just re-sign Janoris Jenkins and let him work opposite Marshawn Lattimore. And I feel like that is more the Saints move. I know I talked about how sending a third and a second feels very much like a Saints trade, but is this a trade that I feel like feels like a Saints trade altogether in terms of bringing Darius Slay? It's not really their thing. The Saints thing is I'm going to take somebody that's not being utilized properly in a different club and I'm going to bring them here and make them better. That's the Kiko Alonso trade. That's the Teddy, Bridge- Teddy Bridgewater trade. That's the Eli Apple trade. You know, three games a season. <laughs> you know, Eli Apple, I know, is is an exception. But when he first got to New Orleans, he looked like he was ready to revitalize his entire career. And then it just kind of fell apart toward the end of the season with the injury, as well as just not playing well, right? Like let's not let's not sugarcoat it. So that that those are Saints trades. This trading for an established star that you then have to pay 15, 16 million dollars a year. Cause let's not forget that. You know, bringing uh, Darius Slay doesn't just require draft capital or players. It requires money. You have to sign him to a big time long term deal. And the Saints may be able to make that space, especially if they release Jack Rabbit, release Janoris Jenkins. That's $11.25 million off the books there. But now at Drew Brees returning, maybe that sort of clutters up the salary cap situation enough that maybe the right thing to do instead is to just restructure or extend Janoris Jenkins, keep him in. You liked what he showed the couple of games that he got to play keep him in and give him a run opposite Marshawn Lattimore instead. And that feels very much like the Saints MO, right? We want to keep the band together. That's what Sean Payton talks about at the Combine every year. That's what Jeff Ireland talks about at the Combine every year and the, you know, the Senior Bowl, all that stuff. We just want to keep the team together and return our guys. That's the verbiage that you hear all the time. That feels more like a Saints move to me than bringing in Darius Slate. But still, this was a very fun experiment to see what you thought it would take to bring him in. But we'll see if he ends up getting shipped away or if he ends up getting dealt. And if that's the case, we'll learn whether or not the Saints were in on it. And I think they should be. I think 31 teams outside of Detroit should be in on this trade. And I, I think that they absolutely uh, will be at least taking the time to, uh, to to inquire. One of the other things that I just want to point out really quickly, I want to give Kev at uh, Cordones0921 on Twitter uh, a little bit of a shout out here. He mentioned instead bringing back uh, instead of trading for Darius Slay, lock up the guys that you have and then draft a guy in the later rounds like Amik Robertson. I really like Amik Robertson from La Tech. He's really, really good. And so I would be 100% down with that as well. But we'll start talking about some of these other prospects and draft guys later on in the week because we're going to have a special guest coming up this week. Deuce Wyndham is going to be coming in and I'm going to try to bring him in weekly. Y'all know Karen Loftus used to come in every, you know, once a week. She's now in Tampa Bay covering and she got a, an anchor job over there. So congratulations to Karen. Fantastic. Well-deserved. Sorry you're in Tampa, but great for you. Uh, so uh, Karen's not going to be available to come through, but Deuce is now going to be our sort of weekly guy that's going to come in. So you'll hear from him later on this week. We'll talk dra- uh, draft prospects and everything as we get closer and closer to the draft. But we're going to start with free agency and continue to talk through there as well, because he's got some exciting stuff coming up, free agency and draft guides. We'll talk all through that as well. So Lots to look forward to, as always, here on Locked On Saints. Uh, that's going to do it for today's episode, y'all. I will holler at you tomorrow. Thank you so much, as always, for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And don't forget, please, if you can, take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked On Saints. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.